Jeremiah chapter 18. Again, that's Jeremiah chapter 18. We're going to read from verses 1 through 6. Look what the word of God says. It says, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Arise and go down to the potter's house. And there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house and there was working. Uh, there he was working at his wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. And he reworked it into another vessel. As it seemed good to the potter to do. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter has done? Declares the Lord. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. I want to share with you by introducing a Two quotes from the great C.S. Lewis, and they go as follow. First one says, give up yourself, and you will find your real self. Again, give up yourself, and you will find your real self. The second quote goes, no man knows how bad he is until he has tried very hard to be good. Again, no man knows how bad he is. Till he has tried very hard to be good. Change. Transformation church. Freedom. Liberty. Right standing. Victory. Triumph. These are the words that we have declared. Words that we desire. Yet many times we shout them. Just to enjoy the scent of them. You know, it's kind of like going to the major retailer store and stopping by the fragrance area to spray the tester. I know each and every one of us are guilty of that in Macy's or in JCPenney. Right? We stop by the fragrance area and we spray the tester we love, but we don't take it home. And when it wears off, we go again to spray it again. Right? Only to experience the same fading away of the fragrance. It's not until we decide to buy it. Come on somebody, bless the name of the Lord. It's not until we decide to buy it and take the fragrance home that it goes from just a tester that we love getting a spray of to it being ours to put on constantly at our discretion. You know, aren't you tired of change and transformation and freedom and liberty and right standing and victory and triumph just being a tester fragrance in your life aren't you tired of just spraying it on for just a little bit but it never really staying on your life it, it begins to wear off never fully having it completely in your life and you spray the scent of them on service days maybe Sunday morning is the day you stop by the major retailer and you get a spray of the tester but then you walk out the door and it starts to wear off on your life and then again you say I'm without the fragrance again 
Of what? The fragrance of change, the fragrance of transformation, the fragrance of freedom, the fragrance of liberty, the fragrance of right standing, the fragrance of victory, the fragrance of triumph, church. And, and you know, it's not that you don't want to keep this scent in your life. But when you realize the scent is no longer on you, but you know that there are some things that are holding you back from a total buy-in into the promise. You begin to realize when the scent of victory and triumph and overcoming in the Lord wears off, you start to realize the things that are hindering you from buying it in your life. We see the answers to the measures of God's working here in Jeremiah. Here in the 18th chapter of Jeremiah, we read the sovereignty of God. Illustrated as the potter, he's seen working the clay. You know, God tells Jeremiah to go and wait there at the potter's house because he had a word for his people and he was going to give it to Jeremiah. And so Jeremiah goes and it is interesting that God did not just explain the work of the potter and the clay to Jeremiah. He wanted him to see the work of the potter and the clay. Just understand this. This is powerful. He told Jeremiah, go to the potter's house. He didn't say, look, this is what the potter does. He knows, go over there and look at the work of the potter. See it with your eyes. You know, and there was a purpose in God telling Jeremiah to go see it with his eyes. Why? Because I believe in seeing the potter at work with the clay. He's seen the patience of the potter's hands. At seeing the potter at work, he's seen the, the potter working, mashing it down, shaping it, cleaning it, but at times over and over, softening it and breaking it. You know, he was able to see the gestures of the potter unbothered, unapologetic in doing and undoing the clay. I believe Jeremiah, as the Lord showed the work, responsibility, detail, and sovereignty with the clay, he's seen the speechless clay. He's seen a clay that had no opinion before his uh, master and maker. Submitted to the will of the potter. His vision, his desire, the, he's seen the clay submitted to the vision and the desire of the potter's hands. So much that the potter would break it Make it at the discretion of his heart and his vision without an explanation. You know, he was teaching Jeremiah that his people do not lend their attention willingly to him. He was teaching Jeremiah that because of sin and pride, we feel entitled to ask God questions. We try to interrogate God as if he owes us a, re us a, a response in life. As if in him there might be foul play as if there is in men. Or that in God there might be questionable morals as to why he allows things to take place in our life. He was teaching Jeremiah that his people were not listening to him. The clay was not turning into what the potter had envisioned. So he smashes the clay. He softens it once again to work it to the, his image. And in smashing it, it was as if he was telling Jeremiah, just as the clay experiences at times smashing from the potter, so my people do as well. But it is not for pleasure, but because I'm trying to get their attention. 
I'm trying to get my people's attention so at times as the potter smashes the clay, so God smashes you as well as the clay. And it hurts. At times we say, why God? Why this? Why this in my life? And God is saying, I'm trying to get your attention. I'm trying to show you my will. I'm trying to show you my vision. I'm trying to show you what I have planned for your life before the world begins. Church, we're hard-headed. We do not listen. And at times, we feel hardship. We're broken. We're softened by God once again. And He's getting your attention because of hardened sin in your life. He's getting your attention because you're, you feel you're so sophisticated with the worldly spirit that many times we have that we reject the work of the Holy Spirit. And God, once again, has to get our attention. And what does he do? He smashes the clay. He softens us once again. He sprinkles water on us once again to soften us up. Many times we are good at telling God where we are not right with him. Haven't you uh, known that, that many times we're good at telling God, I'm not good in this in my area of my life with you, God. And, you know, I'm not right here with you, Lord. And, God, I need to change this in my life. And we're good at telling God where we are not right with him. We spill our frailty before God and we reveal our error before him, yet we still don't change. We still don't change. We're the same people, same street running people. Same transa type of people, same tricking type of people, same book tricking type of people. And God is saying, look, when are you going to understand that I'm trying to create my image through your life? You got to understand God is trying to change you. We're still hardened in our hearts, set on our ways, committed to our misery. And the potter needs to smash us once again. Get our attention that we may seek to be softened in our hearts that he would remake us. You know, it is okay to be softened by God, church. Let me say it again. It's okay to be softened by God. Don't you act too manly, brother, that you can't cry before your maker. Sister, don't you act too prideful that you cannot break before your God. It's okay to be softened by God. It is okay to be broken at his presence. It is okay to be undone before God. You're saying, Pastor, isn't this the repeat series? Yes, you got to learn how to be clay on top of the wheel of the potter. You got to take what God is doing in your life. You got to accept the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. Be okay. Be broken before his presence. God does not want to leave you the same. You need to quit getting offended with the Holy Spirit. God doesn't want you set on your ways anymore. He wants to change you. You're not hearing what I'm saying. God wants to change you. Man, God wants to, I pray that I'm shaking your flesh in its boots. God wants to change you. God wants to deliver you. God wants to set you free. God wants to take those shackles off your feet. God wants to remove those scales off your eyes. God wants to remove that old wineskin out of your life so that he can pour a new spirit in you, so that he can pour something fresh in your life. But it ain't going to happen if you're not willing to be broken before the Lord. It's okay to be softened by God. I believe that God has been getting our attention and you, you, you're starting to look in the mirror. And the image of the sun is more evident in your life and you can see where you need God desperately. 
Don't be afraid of looking in the mirror, church. It's okay to see the blemishes. I spoke on this two, uh, two parts uh, uh, earlier in this series at the first segment. I said, it is okay to be undone before God. It's God. Don't you be afraid of being undone before the Lord? Don't be afraid of showing your sin to God. Don't be afraid of showing your frailty to God. When God calls you out on something, don't be afraid. Don't be embarrassed before His presence. He said, come boldly before my throne of grace. Come boldly. He didn't say, come scared. Come, you know, chiding. Come with the facade. Come with the mask. Come fake. No, He said, come as you are. Real as it is. Broken as you are. Twisted as you are. Confused as you are. And you'll see that I will do the change in your life. Come on somebody bless the name of the Lord this morning God wants to move you out of a repeat life it's okay to be softened by God and it's okay to see where we are not like the Lord because it's in transparency that you can see the true state of your need for God when you look at the brokenness of your life, that's where you can see where you need God the most. And some of you this morning, you're in a place where God is revealing some ugly things about your life, ugly things about your spirit, ugly things about your ways. And you're saying, God, I don't want to look at this. God says, look at it. Not because I'm embarrassing you, but because I have the power to change you. I have the power to transform you. I have the power to set you free. You can be open. You can be better. You can be naked before God and not have to feel embarrassed. When is the church going to stop putting fig leaves on themselves? When are we going to stop trying to dress our sin? Dress our rebellion. Dress our frailty and make it look pretty and fake it. When are we going to stop doing that and just be real before God? The moment you walk in that door, be real before God. The moment you come into worship, be real before God. Raise your hand. I don't care if, what, who knows what about you. Oh, that brother sins and that sister's broken and that. Let them know, but let, just be real before God. I am what I am by the grace of God, and the grace of God has not been in vain towards me. Come on, somebody bless the name of the Lord. Soften our hearts, God. Soften our hearts because we ain't never going to get out of a repeat life until we are softened in our hearts. There's a story of a donkey. There was a small story of a man in Texas who had a little donkey. In the story, he says a little burro. But he had a small little uh, donkey that would serve to pull the man to town. And one day his friend wanted to ride with him to town. So the friend got in the wagon and he sat down. And the man hitched the donkey to the wagon. And he goes back to the wagon and pulls out a two by four. Went back over to the donkey and hit the donkey right on the head. Pow. Went back to the wagon and put the two by four back. And the friend sitting there was with his mouth open, astonished, like surprised and shocked. That he would deliberately just hit the donkey for no apparent reason on the head. And he said, why did you do that? That donkey, donkey didn't do anything to you. And he said, the friend responded, I did that to get his attention. 
How is the Lord getting your attention? What extreme measures is God using to get your attention? What is He drying up to get your attention? What is He closing in front of you to get your attention? Who is He fleeing away from your circle to get your attention? What's closing in on you to get your attention? Where are you failing that he's getting your attention? What calamity has struck him that he's getting your attention? It's interesting to me that we forget that God uses extreme measures to get our attention. The whole purpose of it is that God is softening your heart. You got to listen for the potter for he is at work. And at times God will use extreme measures to get your attention because you have gotten used to just saying, I'll leave it under the rug. I'll leave it in the closet. I don't need to change it. God is saying, I'm coming back soon for a church without blemish and without spot. I'm coming for your life. I'm coming for your husband's life. I'm coming for your children's life I'm coming for the church and you better make sure you are ready be holy for I am holy God is doing a work he doesn't take breaks he doesn't go on vacation the Holy Spirit is constantly at work in our lives you need to quit getting offended with God God is always at work there ain't never a time God says I'm off the clock God is never off the clock There's never not a moment God is saying you ain't on the wheel. You're always on the wheel. Get used to it. Quit fighting God's will. God's will always prevails. It always does. Quit getting offended with the Holy Spirit. God's will always wins. God's will always wins. God's will always wins. I'm telling you something. You can live your life trying to repeat all your, but then you're going to have the contradiction of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is always going to be against, always going to be against the flesh. They are enemies. Let me say this. You, you got to get this in your spirit because if there's ever a moment you feel like God is going to be okay with your sin, He will never be okay with your sin. From the moment you wake up, from the moment you lay your head down, the Holy Spirit is at work. He does not stop. He does not break. He does not give up. He is relentless. He is passionate about His holiness. He he is passionate about his righteousness. He loves you. He is pursuant to you. And he wants you to know his plan for your life. Don't you ever feel like God is saying, ah, it's all right. Never. That is why you always feel convicted. That is why you always feel, you know, that, that sense of urgency to be holy before God. Don't, don't you mix condemnation with conviction. There's a big difference. A true believer will feel convicted. A wrongly taught believer will feel condemned. And we have to be at a place where what? We are convicted by the Holy Ghost. When you wake up, feel conviction. Don't you fight conviction. Don't be condemned for we're not condemned in Christ Jesus. That's not what God called you to do. Be convicted. There's nothing wrong with being convicted. Feeling the sense of urgency that you got to get right with God. There's nothing wrong with that. You can wake up every day and pursue being feeling the conviction of the Holy Ghost. And I want to just say this, you know, this is important that I put this out. Because if we are going to fundamentally grow in the Lord Jesus Christ, we got to be softened by the Holy Ghost. We got to be willing for the Holy Spirit to do his work in our lives. Softened by God, convicted by the holy presence of the Lord. You got to be open to it. 
You got to receive it with open arms. Yes, God. Whatever it is, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for searching me. Thank you, Lord, for looking at the hidden things. Thank you, God. I'm okay with that, Lord. You're not like a cop. You're not like a detective, a man that has frailty. You're not like the, 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 the priest in the, the hidden room, you know, hiding his face. God doesn't hide his face from you. He lets you look at his face. He's not like a priest that hides his face and says, don't look at me. Why does he do that? Because he knows he has sin in his life. He knows he has failed in his life. He knows he's not perfect. But your God does not hide his face. He lets you see him in his perfection so that you will know the holiness and the glory of his splendor. So that as you look at it, you will not run away. You will not hide. But you would get close to the Lord. You would say, God, I want you. I'm hungry for you. I'm thirsty for you, God. We're getting offended with God. Quit finding his will. It always prevails. It always does. Soften our hearts, God. Why? Why soften our hearts, God? Because it is a work that will not delay. It is a work of God that will not delay. Look what Ezekiel 36, 26 declares. It talks about a new heart. Somebody say new heart. It says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Man, we sometimes say heart of flesh. I don't want a heart of flesh. But it's not the flesh you're thinking of. See, God said it this way because he wants you to know that it is not an, a work that happens in heaven. It's a work that happens now. You see, note that it says a new heart, a new spirit, removing the heart of stone, but to give you a heart of flesh. We say a heart of flesh, but not the condition of flesh you're thinking of. He means while you are still alive in the flesh, God wants to do a work. This is not when I'm in heaven, you know, uh, uh, this is not a when I'm in heaven work. This is a grace fulfilling work in your time in the flesh. We expect wings like the angels when we get to heaven. We believe heavenly thinking and living finally will be uh, our life when we get to the presence of God. But the new heart and the new spirit is now. God wants to do it now. That work, God wants to do it now in your life. God wants to do it in your life. God wants to do that new work in your family. God wants to do that new work in your children. God wants to do that new work in your marriage. God wants to do that new work in your relationships. God wants to do that new work as a, a financial provider. God wants to do that work now in your life. This is not a when I get to heaven work. This is a now while we are here living for God and we are trusting the Lord. We are learning how to what? To respond to the work of the Holy Spirit that will not delay. We should understand that what? Because the Spirit of God is restless, His work is restless. Proving why your conviction is restless. Let me say it again. Because the Spirit of God is restless, His work is restless. Proving why your conviction is always restless. This life in the Lord is not misery. Our lives without the Lord was misery. Let me rebuke you right back into loving God again. Okay? The life in the Lord is not a misery. I don't know, I don't know who made you feel like it is. Serving the Lord is not a miserable life. Your life without the Lord was miserable. 
Your life without God was miserable. It was a garbage. It was a dump. Yeah, I wasn't too modest. No, well, mine, you know, mine was kind of like, a, you know, an olive and palm, you know, it wasn't that bad. No, it was a dump. It was a wasteland. Your, your life was a desolate place. A dry desert. It's one thing to be a desert, but he, you were a dry desert. Couldn't even grow any, anything that just was good on holding water. Nothing grew in your life. Everything rotted. Everything went to waste. There was nothing good about you until you came to the Lord. Now that you're in the Lord, it seems as if we are going back to a feeling of misery. You, you ought to rebuke that spirit off your life. There is nothing miserable about serving the Lord. There is nothing broken about serving Christ. It is a joy to serve the Lord. You want to know sometimes why we think it's miserable? Well, I don't got this, and I don't have that, and, you know, I haven't got this, and I haven't gone there. God says, you, you, you got saved to have, and you got saved to travel? No, you got saved because you were dead in your footsteps. You got saved because you needed me, because you couldn't pay the debt that was hanging on your head. That's why you got saved. We complain and say, you know, everyday cleanup, you know, clean up this and clean up that and clean up this and that and this and that and clean up, clean up, clean up. And always cleaning up, cleaning up this, clean up that. I sang to my son the other day, clean up, clean up, every day, everywhere, clean up, clean up. Here's a dad, not again. I'm telling you something, this is the way we act to God. God says, clean up, clean up, everybody, everywhere. And you're saying, not again, God. I already went to church. God says no not just because you went to church it's over no when you wake up on Monday when you wake up on Tuesday when you wake up on Wednesday when you wake up on Thursday when you wake up on Friday Saturday Sunday until I come back for my church my work is not done I'm working in your life I'm not leaving you alone we sometimes complain of the work of the potter in our lives as if we have forgotten how dirty you were. We were dumps with all the world's trash. Cleanup should excite you. Should excite you. You smell less. Come on, somebody say amen. You, you look hediondo. Less. Less tracateado. You know, you less beat up. There's some handsomeness on you now. There's, there's some beautifulness on you. You ought to thank God because in the world you didn't have that. Your smile is real now. You remember in the world your smile wasn't real. It's real now. You know, in the world, they say, how's your day going? Eh, it is what it is, you know, but I'm getting through it. They did not believe you. That was a trash response. Your life is miserable. It is broke. Now you say, you know what? I'm getting through it, but man, you know, amen. You know, it's a new day. God is good today. They believe you now. There's something in you that has changed. A life in the Lord is not miserable. It's when we get comfortable. We say, God should be done by now. <laughs> you were really dirty. 
Oh, I wasn't that bad. Liar. Liar. You're still hiding things from God. Call you out. You're still hiding things from God. I don't want to tell God yet. God already knows it. See, God, my room's clean. God says, are you sure? It's clean, God. Look, it's clean. It's clean. And what about right here? Well, Lord, you know, I haven't got to that yet. Have you ever heard somebody say that? Well, I haven't got to that yet. Well, it's not clean then. We try to play that. It's clean, God. I'm clean. When you can be done now. Give me a break, God. God says, no, if I give you a break, sin is crouching at the door. Sin is crouching at the door. It's always waiting for your time where you think you're resting and boom, the snake bites. And I'm telling you something. We got to be sober-minded. We got to be vigilant in the Holy Ghost. Pray without ceasing. Pray that you not enter into temptation. Rely on the Holy Spirit. I would rather have the Holy Spirit working all the time than to be feeling like I'm confident in myself. Why? Because I can't trust my heart. I can't trust my mind. I can't trust my emotions. But God, I can always trust. In Him, I can put my trust. He will never fail. God is not done. It is a work that will not delay. We need God to soften our hearts. We need God to soften our hearts. Why? Number two, because we are his creation. Look at Romans chapter 9, verses 20 says, But who are you, O oh man? A human being to talk back to God. Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, Why did you make me like this? ESV version says, but who are you, O man, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to him who formed it, why did you make me like this? Look at the quote of C.S. Lewis once again. Give up yourself and you will find your real self. Give up yourself and you will find your real self. The Lord wants to remake you. All that thinking from the world all those ways from the world, all those habits you brought from the world, all those thoughts that you brought from the world, the rules you used to live by, the titles you gave yourself, how far was it from God's plan? And now that the scales have come off your eyes, you can see in graceful clarity that you are God's creation. Soften our hearts, oh God. Remake me, God. God, remove all that is from me that isn't from you, that does not please you. Just think about all the things you learned in the world think about all the things you learned from people think about all the things you learned because you were in desperacy in your sin you know broken in your life and now that you come to the Lord the Lord is remaking you the Lord is breaking you the Lord is shaping you once again making a new vessel out of your life and here we are saying God be done already be done God be done already Lord Not until the Lord comes back. Look what Psalms 100 verse 3 says. Know that the Lord, He is God. Know that the Lord, He is God. Know that the Lord, He is God. And it is He who made us. And we are His. And we are His people. And we are the sheep of His pasture. Soften our hearts, God. Get rid of the rules already you used to live by. Start over. Start over. What your daddy and your mommy teach you, start over. 
Some of us, we, we learn how to, how to be quick-minded and think because we were stealing in the world. And you thought you learned that mania in the world. Now in the Lord, no more stealing. But you still have the anxiousness and that desperacy that you learned in the world. Start over. That depression, that anxiety, that wrong thinking, that confusion, that brokenness didn't happen in the Lord. You brought it from your Egypt. And God says, I want to deliver you. I want to set you free. Why me, Lord? Because I can't leave you the same. I can't go a day with leaving you the same person. It's not in my nature to just kick back on the lazy boy and let you drive yourself to comfortability. I want to make a vessel out of you. I want to pour my spirit, and I cannot pour my spirit into dirtiness. I got to pour my spirit into a clean vessel. God wants to pour his spirit in your life. We want more of God, but we don't want to change. We want to still stay the old wineskins that we were in the world. God is saying, I want to do a change in your life. You cry out to the Lord and you say, God, I want more of you in my life. God says, I believe you, but you got to ask me to change you. You got to ask for my power in your life. You got to ask for conviction. You got to humble yourself in the sight of your God. I want more. Don't you cry out like that and say, God, I want more of you, God. Why do you say it? Because you notice how dirty you are before God. You don't cry that prayer because you think you're good. You cry that prayer because you know you're bad before God. You break before the presence of the Lord because you know you need him desperately. I pray that you would start responding to how you cry out to the Lord. Don't just let it be a cry anymore. Don't just let it be a vent anymore. Don't just let it be, I'm telling God what's on my heart. No, start saying, God, I'm taking the initiative. What do I got to do? I need to submit myself to your presence. I need to get connected to my church. I need to submit into prayer and in fasting. I need to submit to the brethren that they would teach me, that they would help me. I need to submit to the presence of the Lord that I might learn how to live pleasing before you side know that the Lord he is God it is he who made us and we are his and we are his people and the sheep of his pasture soften our hearts number three soften our hearts because who can resist him Romans 9 19 through 20 says one of you will say to me then why does God still find fault for who can resist his will but who are you O man to talk back to God Shall what is formed say to him who formed it, why did you make me like this? We hear a lot about the rights of man, but we forget about the, the rights of God. Just let me share with you a couple things as I get ready to finish. God has incontestable authority. God has irresistible ability. God is inex inexorable inexorable and inflexible in his will to form and fashion man. God has the power to carry out his will. God answers to no one. God is not working for a boss. He doesn't watch the clock to clock out. 
He's not responsible to a board or a committee. He wasn't elected to represent us, but he is and created us to represent him. He is sovereign and we live in his universe. He is sovereign and you live in his universe. He doesn't live in our universe. We live in his universe. We exist only to please him. And if I asked you all this morning to move a mountain on this earth, any mountain you want, move a mountain. Move any mountain you'd like to move in this world. Go find the mountain and move it. <laughs> More than likely you would say, impossible, I can't. Want to know why? Because God put it there. God put it there. The only way we rebuild, look at this. The only way man builds on earth is by earthquakes happening or landslides and falls. There are places where we cannot put houses at. As much as we try, there are places we can't build restaurants at. If man had all the authority to move mountains, well, we'd have restaurants and places all over the place. But when you go to the city and you say, I want to do this, ah, it's impossible to build there. Violates code. A building structure won't stand on that. God says, you get it? You're living in my universe. I put the mountain where it is. I settled the heavens where they are. I decided where the water runs to and stops. It rains and the water does not go past. God decides where the water stops at. It goes. None of us can resist God. And repeat is finishing for you because you're understanding that he is the potter and you are the clay. And softening our hearts. Why? And I finish by saying because God leaves nothing unfinished. You better ask God to soften your heart because either way, he's finishing the work. Whether you like it or not. Philippians 1, 6 says, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on that day when Christ Jesus returns. I cannot be hardened with God. The potter's will always prevails. And we should not think of God's will to be something as the gingerbread man. A will that we can speak back to. You know, small illustration, uh, you know, story. There was a little boy by the creek of his house, and he was making a mud man in the ground by the creek. Making a mud man, and as he was about to finish the mud man, his dad called him, son, we got to go to town. So the son looks at the mud man he's making. He says, wait here. I'll be back, and I'll finish the last arm on you. So he gets in the truck and they go to town and as they're walking through the city there, town, running errands, he sees a man with a missing arm. 
He's looking at the man. He's just. Dad says, what, son? He runs up to the man. He says, why did you leave? Before I could finish you. Dad goes, get over here right now. We sometimes feel like that with God. Like God finds us, why did you leave? God says, you're, you're never out of my view. There's never not a moment that the creator skips out on his creation. He is constantly making you. And there's never not a moment that God is saying, you escaped. He knows you're sitting down. He knows you're rising up. Even if you make your bed in hell, he is there. Where can you go from his spirit? Not even to the heights. Not even to the depths. You cannot hide from God. And just let me say this, church. God will not leave you unfinished. He shall finish his work in your life, whether to heaven or hell. You didn't understand what I just said right now. God's work will be finished, whether in heaven or in hell. God's will will be done. This is what we haven't wrapped our minds around. We say, people have gone to hell. See, God's will didn't prevail. God's will prevailed. Because judgment comes with God. Did you, you have to understand this. God never loses. God never loses. He doesn't say, man, that one got away. My will was done. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. We live in repeat, many times comfortable, inventing to God continuously what we know is not right in our relationship with him. And you say, Pastor, so then when will I ever change? When will I ever change, Pastor? When you, as the clay, surrender before the potter. Willingly, without opinion, without reserve, ready, speechless, opinionless, powerless, giving yourself over to Him. You have to be powerless before God holding none of your accomplishments before him, undone, naked before the Lord, as you are, so that God might begin that good work in your life. Amen. My prayer this morning is that what? That you would break out of the spirit of repeat. I want to finish this next Sunday. And I'll be talking about what the heart of stone looks like what God is trying to break in us. And so 
I want you to just stand to your feet with me right now and by faith. And knowing how powerful God is and how we need to be before the Lord in broken, a broken heart before God. No more holding, no more holding your prestige. Let it all go before God. No more saying I'm good. Why don't you act like you're not good before God as you are? Take a moment right now to just in your transparency, just begin to thank God that you can be open before the Lord and you are not condemned you're actually rescued right now. The Holy Spirit is rescuing you right now. Rescuing you, your mind, your life. Because you can't stay the same. God will not allow it. God will not allow you to stay the same. No more. No more repeat. It's got to stop. No more repeating the old nature. Right now, let us break before the Lord. Right now, just do that. Right now, get to that place right now where you break before His presence. Where you are softened in your heart right now. The Spirit of the Lord is softening you right now. Maybe it's confusion. Maybe the enemy has a stronghold on your life and you haven't been able to break free from it. You've learned how to live life being held bondage. And God wants to set you free right now. If you believe it and, and declare it, God can set you free right now. You don't got to wait a week. You don't got to wait a month. You don't got to wait a year. This is not an AA program. This is the power of God. And if you believe it right now, God can do it right now. If you have faith, if you believe it, God can move that mountain in your life. God can move that mountain in your family. God can move that mountain. Right now, in the name of Jesus, right now, Lord, as we are broken before your presence, begin to break chains right now, God. Begin to break chains right now. Liberate your people right now, God. Break strongholds right now in the name of Jesus. Every spirit, every demonic spirit that tries to seize the minds of your people right now, God. We speak against those spirits right now. Those, those powers in the, in, in the airs, Lord. We just take captive of those powers. We just declare right now by the power and the authority of your name, Lord. Lord, we just walk into an atmosphere where we can be set free, God. Lord, the shackles can come off of us, Lord. The scales can come off our eyes father God let your people begin to see Lord what is unpleasing before your sight God and begin to do a work right now Lord begin to do a work right now God begin to do a work right now Lord do a work right now God do a work right now Lord pastor David if you would just come and help me pray do a work right now God do a work God in the name of Jesus Break the chains, God. Deliver, God. Break the heart of stone, God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God, hallelujah. It just submerges with your spirit, God. Hallelujah. 
Let us feel, God, your heart. Let us feel, God, your feelings, God. Let us feel, God, what you need from us, God. Oh, yes, Lord Jesus. He who dwells. Hallelujah. 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 In the oh, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Touch every heart that is here this morning, my Lord. Of the every heart that is here this morning, my Lord. We bow before you. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords, and we are your servants, my Lord. And so we just bow before you. Hallelujah. You are the part of You are the part of We are the clay. Hallelujah. Do what you will in our lives, Lord. And under your shadow. Hallelujah. Soften us our hearts, my Lord. I want to live under your shadow. Touch each and every one right where they are, Lord. Lord, because you see all, Lord. You see all, Lord. And so we just, we kneel before you, Lord. We open ourselves up before you, the Lord. Most high God. And we ask that you change that that we cannot change, Lord. For it is in your power. It is in your power to change us, Under my Lord. Your As we submit to your will, Lord, that you would change us. I want to live under your shadow. That you would break the stony heart from your people, my Lord. That you would break the stony hearts of your people, my Lord, and give them a heart of flesh, my Lord. For you can change us. Change us into the image of your son, Jesus, my Lord. Oh, we praise you, Father. Oh, we magnify you, my Lord. I will hide away in you. Yes, Lord. Your love is my rest. You're my deliverer. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You're my shelter from the storm. Yes, yes, Lord. You rescue me from harm. You're my deliverer. Oh, we you, Father. I will hide away in you. Your love is my refuge. You're my deliverer. Yes, Lord. Yes, You're my shelter from the storm. You rescue me from harm. Oh, we come before you. You're my deliverer. That's broken vessels, Lord. That's broken vessels, Lord. You're my deliverer. Do what you will, my You're Lord. my deliverer. Do what you will. You're my deliverer. Now we need you, Holy Spirit. We need you, Lord. You're my deliverer. Hallelujah. You're my deliverer. You're my deliverer. Hallelujah. You are the Lord, our shepherd. Hallelujah. We shall not want. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, deliver us, Lord. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Father God, this morning, Father, we give you thanks, Lord. Thank you, Father. For your presence. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, that your people would leave in that peace and that freedom this morning. As we walk out of these doors, Lord, we walk in that victory. Whatever stronghold the enemy feels that he had over us when we walked in, Father, we just declare that they are revealed and the chains are broken. And Father, as your people walk out in that peace this morning, in that victory, let us stand in that victory. Let it not be a scent that fades away, God. But let it be a fragrance, Father God, that settles in our lives, that stays in our life. Lord, I just declare and decree, Lord, your people are leaving this house in victory. For they are going in your presence, Father. Let your angels encamp around us, Father God. And Lord, we bless the church. Lord, we lift up those right now, Father, that are battling COVID and they're watching right now. Lord, I just declare healing. That stronghold just breaks off of them right now in Jesus' name. They are healed. Brother Obed, healed in the name of Jesus. Brother Vinny, healed in the name of Jesus. Sister Polly, healed in the name of Jesus. Sister Mariana, healed in the name of Jesus. Lord, strongholds broken right now, Father. Those chains of sickness right now, come off of them right now in the name of Jesus. I decree it and declare it right now, Father. Your word says it, Lord. And if it says it, it is true. It is sure, Father God. And we hold on to the promise, Father. We give you glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's people say this morning, Amen. Amen.